0: This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. So, have you ever thought about using LinkedIn to attract clients for your pet business? A few months ago, I asked about what people would like covering on the podcast in my free Facebook group and LinkedIn came up. So I've been on a mission to get the queen of LinkedIn, Helen Pritchard, on the podcast. So Helen is a LinkedIn expert and she runs a brilliant LinkedIn challenge, a brilliant LinkedIn mastermind. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. But on this episode, she's talking to me about how you can use it in your pet business. And she's really generous with her advice. She talks and gives loads of brilliant examples of how pet service providers and product makers can use the platform to attract clients and make sales. Um, She also talks about, you know, we've got executives on LinkedIn. Most people now have a pet, you know, 50% of the population has a pet. They, They have a job, they have a pet, they have something that you can help them with. So whether you're a service provider or a product maker, you're going, to get, you're going to get loads of really great advice in this episode. Do hope you find it helpful. Let me know your thoughts on it. And if you do start sharing on LinkedIn, do go and um, say hi to Helen as well. I will put her LinkedIn profile in the show notes and I'm sure she would love to see and hear your doggy and other animal related posts. So now on to the main part of the show. Hi, Helen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's lovely to have you here.
1: Hi, Rachel. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Oh no, I'm excited to have you here too. So first of all, can we start by you telling um, people a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: This used to be so simple. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's 2021 right now. So yeah, um, I'm Helen Pritchard, most famous for helping business owners get leads from LinkedIn without sending any direct messages and that's the business that I've been in for the last four years. I'm a creator, founder if you like of the LinkedIn Mastermind which is my flagship program but last year 2020 um, we expanded out and in early 2021 we launched the Business Mastermind as well. So um, one of my programs is for showing people how to get leads from LinkedIn, the other program is to show people how to get more visible online um, in a a myriad of different ways, basically do what I've done over the last four years to my business up to seven figures last year um, and also I'm co-founder of a new business called Poster Grid and a number of other businesses as well so I'm kind of like my, my intro used to be so simple and now it's got slightly more complex put it that way.
0: Fantastic okay so I w- I've been looking at your Instagram I feel like a bit I feel a bit like your stalker this week, weekend so I've done the challenge I've been looking at you loads on Instagram and I can totally see the poster grid thing come up because your grid on yeah. Instagram is is um, amazing so that makes total sense.
1: Yeah so what well, show stopping grid right so yeah, yeah I'm really excited about that so at the moment I'm in deep in the whole yeah scale an exit strategy growth startup bit which is all kind of out of my depth out of my kind of stuff so it's exciting so hopefully when this comes out people are watching it in a couple of years it'll everywhere but at the moment it's still brand new so yeah
0: oh my gosh that's so exciting okay so um I know I know you from Warrington we went to the same school we met up for coffee it's I remember it really clearly because it was just after I'd lost my dad and I was thinking about going into social media myself and you were really lovely and gave me some advice and I decided not to go into social media (laughs) (laughs) I wish wish I'd maybe sometimes done something different um but I know obviously the last like five years have just been like amazing for you so can you just tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you ended up working in social media and getting to where you are today
1: so I, um well, to give you the really edited highlights, youngest of five girls, born in Limb, you know, like that's where we went for a coffee, so born and bred in, in Limb in Cheshire, um, went to school a year early, got bullied really badly at school, dropped out of school pretty much to party hard in the 90s, um, so I had two things going on, I had a lot of stress and anxiety around school and then I had to fall out from my parting ways in the 90s, which all kind of built up into a crescendo, ended me having a breakdown, um, becoming agoraphobic, my mental health was shot to pieces, I was in the Priory when I was 16, I had my 17th birthday in there, which was actually such a funny story, but anyway, I'll save that for another time, um, came out of there, got married, um, met a guy, got married, um, had two beautiful children, and then when we separated... Um, I was left in a real sticky financial situation. So what had happened during um, the marriage is that when I hadn't, when I didn't realise I didn't want to go back to work, this is really classic, right? So when I realised I didn't want to go back to work at the council, um, I retrained as a holistic therapist. And what I loved about becoming a reflexologist for fertility and pregnancy, because that's what how I got into it, what I loved about it was Doing the work, obviously, but the branding and the website side of it, and the you know client attraction side, as I would now call it, but I yeah. don't know what I was doing, obviously, and social media specifically. So as my marriage was breaking down and I was becoming, you know, I became a single mum. I was super, super. I felt super isolated. Like we live, like we live in a small village, right? Everyone knows everyone's business. Everyone's, you know, every, people. I we'd grown up together. We everyone knew each other, and it was just really difficult. And social media really helped me. The combination of having a business of my own in terms of having my own thing to focus on, and using social media to attract clients, but the social media aspect is what gave me the 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 feeling of connection and community with other people. So that's when I really fell in love with social media, and I, I kind of I got it. I understood that that actually this was a way of not just getting clients to come and work with me, but in fact helping me feel less alone and less isolated so that was what I really loved about social media so when the first I didn't really have an entrepreneurial out like mindset I was just kind of I needed to do something other than than work but when somebody gave me the first 40 pounds when I did a treatment for them and looked me in the eye and said Helen thank you so much that was amazing that was really the moment where I thought oh (laughs) we can create money out of nothing here and that was the real realisation for me. We create make money out of nothing. And social media really helped me do that. So attract clients to me because I became a specialist, not a generalist. And people were travelling all over to come and see me. And it was social media that allowed me to do that, to connect with all these women who were trying for babies or recently had babies and who wanted to have treatments. So what happened was I started to talk about this with other people, other people in the community, other people who were kind of starting up in business. And I knew that... When we when when I when I was finally separated, single mom, I was about ninety grand in debt. I was my mental health was shot to pieces again. What I knew more than anything is that I wanted to help other people see the power of social media for both the connection for them, but also for the ability to generate money for their businesses. Um, but I didn't know where to go and get clients from other than social media. But I hadn't done anything on LinkedIn. So what we LinkedIn for me really just changed my life in a massive way because it's completely free I didn't have to go and speak to anyone I didn't have to I had no confidence couldn't talk to anyone so it allowed me to kind of hide behind my screen if you like and I could do it at any time and I just looked at it and I thought right well this makes sense because my ideal clients were on there I knew I wanted to do social media management as we'd call it now I don't know what we called it then so that's how I, I went to LinkedIn I just set it up and I wrote it all for my ideal client about my ideal client it was really clear on my pricing my you know it was, my first ever linkedin headline was something like anyway um helping uh, helping small businesses in warrington which is a small town where we're from right helping small business in warrington look better and sell more online using facebook and twitter as it was then and then a, a you know and then a line and then 250 pound a month because I knew that if I could get 10 clients paying me £250 a month, then I'd have enough money to start paying my debts back, to, you know, start help paying pay, pay my family back, even helping out, be able to look after my children without worrying about it and, you know, having to go and put food back and stuff if you've not added it all right, as you go around the shop and all the rest of it and, you know, not having to have my dad take me to food shopping and all that kind of stuff. I knew if I could start making that kind of money that it changed my life and LinkedIn gave me a really clear Really clear focus on actually, if I do these things and I write this for this type of person, I have to connect with this type of person, and I have one offer for them at one price, and I'm really open about that. Then people will buy it from me, and they absolutely did. They absolutely did. So, LinkedIn worked so well for me because I was really clear and focused on what I wanted to get out of it, and then that's when I realised that I could work from home, I could make good money, and people really liked what I was doing. And then that was the beginning of the on, the real, I would say, entrepreneurial journey.
0: Okay, so how did you kind of start out on LinkedIn with, like, and also what I'm really, I know we're going to talk about pets and LinkedIn in a moment. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, what I'm really interested in is, like, we hear, um, there's so many social media pro, uh, platforms out there, isn't there? And uh-huh. back in the day when you first started, like, 10 years ago, so it would have been, like, 2010, 2009. And yeah. um, what was it that made you choose LinkedIn over Facebook or any of the other platforms that were there as your kind of core thing to focus on?
1: Um, for me, it was the simplicity of it. So Facebook 10 years ago, you had business pages that worked yeah. quite well for you. Um. People weren't really using your personal profiles and Twitter. I used Well, but I used it for the connection for my business community. So I was in the deep in the like mumpreneur niche kind of thing at that at that point. So the kids were quite little. Um and for me, LinkedIn just seemed really obvious, really simple. Like there was no disconnect between like with Facebook, it's like everything's on there, isn't it? And I I use Facebook, I've run lots of Facebook ads and I use Facebook for everything. I love Facebook and I make a lot of money out of it now. But it's quite complex. There's quite a lot of moving parts to Facebook to make it work. There's, you know, it's a longer game. Yes. You have to do things like funnels or ads or you know have a free group, build a community, and all that kind of stuff. And there's that mix between business and personal. So I didn't really know how to make Facebook work in that way without spending a lot of money, and I had no money. So it was kind of it was I had to do it. And Twitter, the small business owners I wanted weren't really on Twitter. Yeah, they were on LinkedIn because everyone gets on linkedin for whatever reason right and um, because they might have wanted a job once or they might have you know they're on there because they've got their own businesses but a lot of them just weren't on twitter or they didn't do facebook or facebook was just for friends and family so for me linkedin just made sense i was like oh it's business networking platform i can search for business owners in warrington like this is easy this is going to be easy and and it was i thought as long as i write what i know they want to see when they land on my profile this is going to work and, and it did
0: Brilliant okay so and also like you talk about the headline and having just having the word Warrington in there as well it's people yeah. connect with you and immediately know that you're in Warrington doing what you do. Yeah doing,
1: so. so people were messaging me and this is the thing about my work is it the outcome is people message you not you messaging them right because it's a no DM thing so people were messaging me saying Hi, Helen. Oh my God, I saw your headline, your profile. It's like you're talking directly to me. I'm a small business owner in Warrington and I do want someone to manage our social media. 250 pound a month sounds great. Where do I sign up? Can I have one of your spaces? Have you got space for me? And it was just a completely different dynamic. And that's what I loved about it because... I didn't want to be sending loads of messages. didn't have time more than anything. I didn't want to be sending loads of messages. do not like the way sending messages would make me feel. Um, I didn't want to have those awkward conversations, like let's get on the call and then I'll tell you how much it is and then you can tell me like you can't afford it and then we have to try and overcome an objection. I just wanted it to be really simple uh, and it was. Fantastic.
0: Okay. So um, so I'm talking to you today because I've now niched um, into Yay. working with pet businesses. So yeah. I know back in the day when we spoke like years ago, um, I was mainly doing journalism and I was kind of thinking, OK, should I do, um, you know, should I help small businesses with publicity? And then I ended up falling into the pet niche and touch wood. Um, it's been great. Mm. But what I wanted to ask you about is I so my listeners are there. A lot of them are product makers. So they're making like really nice leads, collars, bandanas, accessories for, for, okay. for pets. Absolutely. Just such cool stuff. Um, And then the other side are service providers. So doggy daycares, catteries, cat groomers, uh, dog walkers, dog trainers and so on. Um, And I would love to hear your thoughts on how how they can be using LinkedIn local marketing. Um, I see you talk a load, talking lots about it on on social media, about LinkedIn local. We have just talked about it there with your personal story. But what would your advice be for you know, service providers and maybe product makers as well. Or Um,
1: both. Yeah, exactly. So I actually use pet products as an example a lot in my training, because the first thing I would say if you're a pet product provider or a service provider is to get yourself out of the mindset that LinkedIn's not for you or that your Mm -hmm. ideal client aren't on LinkedIn or your customers aren't on LinkedIn or your clients aren't on LinkedIn because they absolutely are. 650 million people on LinkedIn and they're all people. And I'd say maybe fifty percent of the people on there have got a pet or know somebody who's got a pet. Maybe hundred percent know somebody who's got a pet. So you have to get out of the whole oh it's just for B two B or it's just for global businesses or it's just you know the mindset is these are people they've got pets or they know people with pets therefore they are potential clients. Now from on a local point of view yes if you're a dog walker or a dog sitter or a dog groomer like honestly. Honestly, you can, this will work so well for you and so quickly for you. You won't believe it because if you, the one, so the first thing about, so say you're a dog walker and you've got local business, local people on LinkedIn, who've all got jobs, right? what, what somebody has got a dog and a job? What's the big issue there? Walking the dog. Yeah. You know that they've got a problem. You don't know they've got a dog, but if they've got a job and they've got a dog, then they've got a problem. Yeah. So, all you need to do is literally, so I would, so if I would have had you as a one-to-one client, I'd be like, right, so let's do um, helping super busy um, execs enjoy every moment with their dog, minus the guilt, dog walking, 200 quid a month or whatever it is, or 100 yeah. quid a month, I don't know what it is, my mate does it, and she tra- she totally undercharges, I think she charges 200 pounds a month, doesn't it? 50 pounds a week. I was like, what, to walk the dog every day in the week? She's like, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's cheap. But anyway, um, so what's the biggest problem dog owners have, right? The guilt. So when they come home, they they feel guilty. They've got to walk the dog and it's a chore. Whereas if their dog's been walked, then they can come home and walk the dog for fun. They can play with the dog for fun. They can enjoy the dog rather than it being a chore. And then I would talk to them in the profile, like, are you a super busy exec, got a really busy job? You've got, you know, the dog is the love of your life and a super big part of your family. But do you feel guilty when you come home knowing that the quick walk you gave him or her five minutes before you went out and someone letting it out at lunchtime and then you doing it five minutes when you get back because it's raining. You know deep down that your dog deserves more. Well, this is where I can help you. I can help you create an environment where your dog is looked after, like socialized, and you know, have spent time with, gets attention, you know, all the things that they want for their dog that they're not able to provide, right? I can do all that for you so that when you come home from work or the kids come home from school, it's not a chore and suddenly it's a joy again to have to be with the dog because the dog's. Had its basic needs met, and now you can, you know, have the fun, the fun times with it. Because that's why you got the dog, right? You got the dog for the fun times, not for the, the feeling of dread when you come home and you realize no one's walked the dog because the lead's exactly where you left it. And uh, you know, and I would talk about you know, did you get a dog? Did the kids promise that they would walk the dog, and now they, you know, they've given up because they've gone to college or whatever? Now, I would talk to those things. You know, yeah. did you think the dog ownership would be exactly like you saw in the pedigree chum adverts? And actually, it's more like coming home to a dog who's stressed, who's eating something, who's mad, who's you know, and it just seems an endless, you know, job to look yeah. after this this dog. And it's become a chore rather than joy. I would focus on all of those things because that's talking to how they actually feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, then it's the outcomes. Yeah. Would you like to come home to a dog that's happy, fulfilled, socialized, and, you know, ready to greet you and, and have a great time? Yes. or you know, And the answer is obviously yes. If so, I can help. I provide a luxury VIP dog walking companionship service where I will look after them. I will come every single day. I will spend some time with them in the home. I will take them on a walk with no more than five other dogs. I will, you know, help with their basic training. I will make sure we'll keep. I'll help you keep on top of when their vet appointments are and all this kind of stuff. I'll groom them for you. Whatever you can make it more VIP, charge 300 quid a month, right? Because so that's a full VIP service. Um, so, or you can have the, you know, the, the basic package where I'll come and walk the dog every day for half an hour instead of the full all singing or dancing. Uh, if this sounds of interest, let me know that's it send me a message on here so that's the, the way I would use LinkedIn I would talk deep deep into the the feelings that they've got and then really offer them a solution and then I'd be really clear and open on my pricing and I'd put it out there and then when you your headline it's like I would put the hometown or village that you work in yeah. and then I would just search for that um I would also talk about that as well it's like do you live in you know are you a busy on um, busy uh, you know executive based in wherever let's say yeah. Warrington um you know do you know that we've got some of the best countryside within five minutes walk but you never seem to get around to get out there with your dog like you know I you know and then in the end they'd be like I live in the same village as you I really love this this area I'll make sure your dog gets out and sees all the all the sites or whatever then I would go and only ask to connect with people in those areas um and just add people every day 10 people a day And then I would put out loads of great content, loads of videos of me walking dogs, loads of happy dogs, loads of videos of me talking about why I became a dog walker, what job I did before, why I gave it up, what, what I love about it. Videos of me grooming dogs, petting dogs, making them do tricks, you know, doing a home visit, like showing them how my work actually benefits the dogs. I'd have customer testimonials on there. You know, I would just always be looking for ways to make it a real VIP service. And put out loads of great content about the experience and how other people were feeling, like they're feeling, and now they feel like this, and all they have to do is pay them, pay the invoice every month and you know, happy dog, happy life, and happy family, that kind of stuff. That's what I'd do, and I'd be really consistent on it, and I'd engage with all of their posts and just be really supportive. So if a local business, for example, won an award, I'd be supportive of that, I'd be, you know, you know, engaging on that. And then over time, you would become the go-to dog walker in your area. You'd be completely oversubscribed. Everyone would want to work with you. You'd be able to double your prices, and people would aspire to have you look after their dogs.
0: Wow. Okay. So I know people who are dog walkers who (laughs) I I see because I've got a Facebook group, and that you know I see the kind of conversations that happen in there about you know people quibbling on price and yeah people
1: you know forget all that yeah 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 you become the you become the go-to dog walker the premium. Highest priced, most sought after dog walker in your area. If you do it like that, Mm -hmm. you say, I only work with a certain number of clients, I only work, you know. When you start putting your boundaries in place, you become super desirable. Yeah. When you're scrapping it out with everyone else, saying, I'll work, I'll do. Eight pounds a walk or whatever, and you know, and you can decide when and where you walk, you know, you if you're on holiday, then that's fine. Instead, when you put your bound in place and say, I don't know, it's five hundred quid a month, right? I've only got 10 spaces, so that's five grand a month. But I've got it's five hundred quid a month, you pay your invoice month in, month out, whether you're on holiday, whether I walk the dog, you know, whether I'm on holiday or on holiday, we both get four weeks, and that's that's the you know, that's the terms of engagement. And then as a dog walker, you can relax, right? you're making five grand a month and yeah, you, know, you don't have to worry about people going on holiday.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. I think about going every day as a dog walker. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I think definitely. that
1: yeah. That's a lovely you,
0: life.
1: It's the same principles no matter what the business though. You know, yeah. you, you want to be you want to be the most expensive, and you want to be different to everyone else. You want to add more products and services, to make it a VIP experience, and you want to put your boundaries really strictly because super successful people who will be your clients, right, who'll pay the premium, aren't sensitive to price. What yeah. they want is ease. And they want to be elite and they want to have something that everyone else has got.
0: Yeah, I'm just um, I'm just thinking about all the threads that I see where people will say, oh, I need a dog walker in wherever and loads of people jump on and recommend somebody and then they are the dog walkers are, are then fighting for that. Compr- yeah, fighting, for fighting for the
1: bone yeah, yeah and I mean, it's, it's you want people come to you, yeah you want to be super exclusive and application only and you have to you want to test them and you want to dog test them and you want to you you make them apply to become your client yeah and then you say no to more people than you say yes to and trust me people before falling over to it. yeah mm-hmm.
0: did have a client mm-hmm. actually and she runs this really boutique dog hotel and she has it's like a finishing school for dogs basically and she has a selection process where they yeah, go in have to audition yeah. their dog so it, it totally can it absolutely can be done um yeah so i think we've, i was going to say to you you know what's the difference between linkedin for a service provider and facebook groups and pages but i think you've just kind of answered that haven't you <laughs> we've kind of come to our own conclusion there um but the other thing i was going to ask you about because um before i did before we um before we did this chat obviously um, i asked the people who were in my community the kind of things that they want you know the one to know about LinkedIn and one of the things that came up quite a few times is is it okay to talk about pets on LinkedIn and some people are some people have the feeling that we shouldn't be talking about pets on LinkedIn because it's a bit more formal and a bit more more I
1: mean I mean well there's a couple remind me to talk about pet products as well because that's a slightly different angle than services but um LinkedIn is is a benign platform like it has no actual rules it has no personality it has no vibe like it is just a tool so you can post whatever you want on LinkedIn. As long as it's not defamatory or hate speech, you can post whatever you want. There are there are no rules. So there's no such thing as the LinkedIn police. Nobody's gonna come along and say, you can't post that. So you get to decide. You again, you, you take there's your profile, it's your personal profile. It's not like you're in somebody else's community or somebody else's rules, it's your your rules so you can post whatever you want on linkedin you build up your own audience of your ideal clients and then you create an ecosystem around you where you are exactly whoever you want to be and if you've got an, if you haven't got an animal based business you can still post pictures of your pets there's the official permission from me if you've got an animal based business surely you would be posting images and pictures of pets Everybody loves animals. Like it, it's a gift to run a pet business is a gift because it's yes. two things, right? Everyone loves animals as a rule and they, they get the most engagement on posts. We know this, right? And the other thing is that people are insane. The amount of money they will spend on their pets, miles more than they'll spend on their kids or themselves. So you've got two massive, two massive advantages there over almost any other industry, like if, if people are scrapping it out at the bottom over dog walking or dog grooming or that's just their choice to get involved in it. You don't have to get involved in that. You you create your own audience. You create your own pricing strategy. You create your own ability to say yes or no to people. Like it doesn't have to be the way that other people perceive the industry to be. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And with LinkedIn, you absolutely hundred percent make the rules. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, a bit of a feeling that as a pet professional. They shouldn't be on LinkedIn, but actually, if you're on LinkedIn and your job is looking at yeah, you're, you're a business, business owner, you're a business owner, you talk about your owner. business.
1: You're a business owner. So what, you talk about yourself as a person, as a human being and why you do what you do and why you're so passionate about it and talk about your business and why you do what you do and why you're so passionate about it. Don't be scared on LinkedIn. It's not scary. It's just a goldmine. <laughs> and the, yeah. the other thing that, that's really powerful for somebody who's in an industry that feels that way, let's say overall, is... Um, is that that's the opportunity because all of your competitors and I'm doing those air quotes Mm -hmm. who obviously can't see me um feel the same so they're like well we're not going to go on LinkedIn because it's not the place for us and it's like that's your opportunity to go in and clean up which is why I know that if I coached a dog walker to become the go-to dog walker in their area on LinkedIn the number one reason why I'm 100% guarantee that they can Get the business that they desire, make the money they desire with all the stuff that I talked through. They'll have to split the revenue with me, obviously. But I can 100% guarantee it is because nobody else will be doing it. And what that means is A, you get first mover advantage. And B, people, you are your ideal clients or your clients, potential clients on there, have never seen somebody in that industry go on LinkedIn. So you become unique straight away.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. I have um, similar with the publicity side of things because everyone's on Facebook, but yeah. very few people will think I'm going to go and pitch to my local paper. So I've got like one lady, Karen, she's over in Wales and she's she's had so much coverage that she's now been, she had this story written about a co- where she was called the puppy queen of Wales because she was talking yeah. about training all these puppies. So she's done really well, but you're right. I think because everybody else is focusing on one, one platform, Facebook or in, mostly Facebook, um, if you actually go and do something different, then yeah the opportunities are definitely taken aren't they
1: I always say this to my girls I say the reason why so when they say things to me like why are you in Columbia when I'm having a meltdown over a boy or whatever I'll say Megan I'm in Columbia at a mastermind because I do things other people aren't prepared to do to get give us a lifestyle other people don't have so if you're in an industry where everyone's doing the same thing you're all going to get the same results so if you're all on like I can't think of anything worse than marketing on a buy it sell it swap it Stay yeah. pay. you know it's a race to the bottom but if you're going to do that because that's what everyone else does you're going to get the results everyone else gets so doing something different is going to get you different results i mean that is just a fact too and you want high paying clients who are not price sensitive who will just work with you on a long-term basis because they want what you've got and they don't want to scrap it out yeah. at the bottom with you know they want the vip service so give it to them But the problem is getting people to believe that they're they're worth it, right? Because they're they're scrapping it out with everyone else. thinking It's a commodity. When you say a dog walk is worth eight pounds in my local area, you're becoming a commodity. But when you say, I provide a VIP service for high-level executives who want to provide, you know, the perfect, you know, the perfect home for their puppy that they aren't able to provide because they're out busy working it makes you know think about nurseries for kids it's the same yeah. thing like it's it it's about how you position yourself in the market definitely
0: yeah i know you touched on it earlier but i don't think we see a price tag when it comes to our pets either like anything that that our pets want we i don't see a price tag at only. all
1: on anything yeah. so like they so that that's for an example so that you want to you want to be attracting people who money is not their issue mm-hmm. you know and it, if somebody's like I said this on the... I, I was interviewed for a magazine, actually, yesterday. And one of the things I said was I've never had anybody try and negotiate with me on price, ever, on anything. And I think if you if you go for the bottom end of the market, so you're, like, scrapping it out with all the other dog walkers, right, who are putting cards up and, you know, answering those tags on Facebook, um, you know, you want to be the person who gets tagged, not the person who goes running when someone's asking, right? Um, you know, the, the thing is with, with that is if you've got somebody who's saying I don't want to pay nine quid because there's a girl around the corner who does it for eight they're not your ideal client yeah because they're always going to be a nightmare they're going to be the ones that say well I'm going to be at home on Wednesday so I'm going to walk the dog so you you know I'm not going to pay you on Wednesday so therefore you're not going to get you know you're not going to get your full amount that week you know they're the ones that are going to be quibbling saying the dog was muddy and went on the sofa so what you can do about that they're the ones who are going to be checking up making sure you've been for the full hour you know that, that they're the they're the red flag clients if they go neg- if they're quibbling on the money or they they see you as competition with the other people who charge the bottom rates then they're, they're all never going to be the good, good clients
0: yeah i've said this before but it's not a race to the bottom is it you want to be you just we all just want to feel valued
1: at the end of the day don't we sure, yeah
0: work with people who make us feel
1: valued but you start know? with valuing yourself yeah that's the most important thing is that when i coach people the, the first thing we do for the first couple of weeks is get them to understand how good they are what they do and how valuable the services or the product that they provide everything's easy after that it's always 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 a mind game always like honestly i've done this i've coached thousands of people now and um, and it's always the same it doesn't matter who they are what they do it's always that mind that mindset that mind game of getting them to realize what they're worth and once you do that bit it's easy
0: mm-hmm So you said to remind you about products. Yeah, so products, services, but let's talk about products. Yeah,
1: so products on LinkedIn again, big competitive advantage, right? Because everyone thinks it's just for B two B. That's the first thing. So if if you're B two C, you're a winner. And if you if you go if you've got a product based business, then even better because people think it's not for them. Go. So product-based product based businesses have even more of a competitive advantage because people think LinkedIn's not for them. However, it's humorous, right? So everyone, you're on LinkedIn, right, Rachel? I'm on LinkedIn. Have you bought, like, have you bought anything recently?
0: Oh, my God, yes. I, I buy things all the time, and definitely for the dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, but when was the last time you saw a product on LinkedIn? That's the thing. You don't really see products so much on LinkedIn, do you? No. So what that means is everyone with products is scrapping it out on Instagram, Facebook, running Facebook ads, Instagram ads, eBay, Etsy, Amazon, like everyone. And that's why it's so competitive, right? Because everyone's in that, that mindset. What if you went to LinkedIn and built an audience of people? So, yes, you can't, you can't guarantee who's got an animal or knows someone who's got an animal. But you build an audience of people who you know have got a decent job. And that's the difference from LinkedIn over Facebook. You can search for people who are senior directors of companies and just ask them to connect. Yeah. So you can build an audience of wealthy people, basically, property developers, you know, whatever, like anyone who's a non-exec, just senior people, like build an audience of senior people. And then when you put your products out there, this, it comes really comes down to content. So you can add people every day and build your audience, which is fine. You can write your profile for your ideal client, and that's the one thing I would say is for a product. Is I know anybody can buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's say you sell um, bandanas for tiny dogs only. Yes. That's it. Yeah. You, you don't do big dogs. So it's just for tiny little bandanas, and they're diamante encrusted and they're a thousand pounds. Right. So you know your ideal client has got, A, money to spend, B, got a tiny dog, and C, is is wants the dog to look pretty. Yeah, so they're the things that you need to be talking about in your profile. Like, are do you own, do you or someone you know own a tiny but thinks it's enormous dog? Yeah, and then you could talk about all the attributes that tiny dogs have, you know, and talk about, would you like, you know, would you like him to look like this? You know, do you feel like this? Do you want him to feel like the star of the show? Even all that kind of stuff. You could really talk to them about their pet or the pet that they know. So they've got something in their their mind, but you could talk specifically about tiny dogs. Um, and then you could say, like, why? Then I would talk about why of all the things I could be selling, am I selling tiny, diamante, high-end designer, chihuahua, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, this is that a thing is, as well, Helen. People yeah, do a no, sure, it is a thing, right? And that's the story. Yeah. The story is why, out of all the things, am I selling this? And there's always, usually always a personal story. There's not many people who haven't got a small dog who suddenly wake up one day and think, I'm going to create these things, right? They've normally got a story. Yeah. Uh, so then, then tell the whole story of why you did this thing, what you love about it, what your customers say, like why somebody should buy from you over somebody else why what's your heart and soul and why is it in this product because people don't buy products do they 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 buy the story behind the Mm -hmm. product and the way it's going to make them feel when they have the product and then I would just be really clear about the pricing and say send me a message on here and you know and I I would probably do like a LinkedIn code a small discount or something like that and I would talk I would call it out I was like You never see anyone talking about this stuff on LinkedIn. I'm going to be the trailblazer. I want to be the go-to person. So all you high-flying execs can have the best-dressed dogs. Yeah? Yeah. In the city of London or whatever. And then I would just add high-flying execs in the city of London and build that audience again so you become – and then I would even call that out. Because say you need to sell 100 bandanas a month to make 100K a year business, right? 100K a month business, a million-pound business – you want to find 100 people who are similar, who want the same thing. So I would actually, just going back to this, I would focus on high-flying execs in the city. And I would say that in my headline. Helping high-flying execs in the city of London have the most show-stopping tiny dog outerwear of the season. Something like that yeah and then i would only add those people and then i would talk about what it's like being a high-flying city exec and then i would have images embedded in my profile of really well-dressed executive people in london holding show hours with those bandanas on so it becomes an aspirational product Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not a piece of material folded over studded with diamantes right (laughs) so that's how it becomes worth a thousand pounds and not worth 20 quid right so that's how I would absolutely position it I'd say this is only for one type of person and one type of dog and if you know then what happens is somebody would be like oh my goodness I haven't got one but I do know Emma in banking has got a chihuahua and she's she's just about to I don't know gonna say go off to have a baby or something so we're gonna get a you know a thousand pound (laughs) hamper from Hermes and we're also gonna get her one of these tiny dog things because that's going to make her really happy so it's how can you make people think of other people that they can refer you to as well and you do that by making it just for one type of person and for one type of pet and one one type of pet within that pet yeah so not just for dogs but for tiny dogs that have big personalities and have very wealthy owners. Mm-hmm. And the more niche you are, the easier this this happens. So you can so then when people see it and become really exclusive, people see it and they know, oh, that that's the company that was the bandanas for the high flying execs with the tiny dogs, rather than that's the bandana company. Because that could be anything for anyone. And then you can easily start selling, yeah, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 a month.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Now that sounds I've got a couple of people, couple of people who are in my um coaching group who have breed specific products so one's for schnauzers one's for
1: terriers um and that niche really does it really helps when they're massive makes a massive 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 difference you know what made me think about this last night is my boyfriend's bought a a car he's bought a porsche um i can't remember what it is it is a porsche cayman s and it's a 287 or something he's in a facebook group for that exact car it's got seventeen thousand people in it but it's for that exact car not just porsches not just Porsche Cayman's, Porsche Cayman S's with this extra number on. And I was like, that is so niche. But then they, all, they go on meetups and then you can see all the cars are identical apart from the obviously thing that they're different. They all talk about the same thing, they all do it. And I just thought that is the power of it, isn't it? Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: So if I was going to sell a product, I'd be a Porsche Cayman S branded car cover. And there's all my client, there's all my customers in one place. Yeah, I mean, I know we're talking about LinkedIn, but I'm talking about the niching is so powerful. And imagine if I was getting ads saying, do you know someone who's got a Porsche Cayman S197? I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, I do. And I think, but we know that, because know anyway, going into Facebook now, but... This is what I'm talking about. Like, People are tribal and they want to identify with the tribe and they want to feel exclusive. So that's the other thing. And then the other thing on LinkedIn with products is to look for people in your industry. So if you've got a pet product, I would be following, I would search for the companies and I would follow all the people that work at, anything to do with events. So anyone who works at Crufts and every other dog show in the world, just Google them and just start following the companies on LinkedIn, all the people that work there. Anyone that works on a magazine, so dogs today and then every other pet related magazine find them on linkedin look at employees follow all that it can ask to connect with all those people anyone that has any kind of um website to do with them so again i don't know this niche inside out we all know it mm-hmm. all those websites will have companies associated with them they will all have staff find all those people as well so events organizations websites and trade organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a certain niche or you've got a certain breed, then who does the sort of trade insider membership type publications? Who works at them? Go Mm -hmm. and ask to connect with them. Um who are journalists that specialise in in pets, find you know, find those people on LinkedIn and connect with them. So an awards, who does the awards like the dog of the year award? Who runs that? So find all those people follow connect with them and share their stuff and engage with them and you become suddenly you become their friend and Mm -hmm. when you become their friend they're more likely to ask you about stories they're more likely to talk about you in their content they're more likely to just know who you are so that Mm -hmm. if you do ever email them or you do ever want to get your product placed somewhere they're you're already on their periphery
0: yeah well thank you helen because you've also just answered the publicity question which which, uh, i was going to bring you to but no it's brilliant i mean this is what I teach people to do on, on other platforms, but it's really good hearing you talk talk about LinkedIn. So like, you know, we've got, I know you're in a couple of like Facebook groups, like Lightbulb talking yeah. about journal requests on Twitter, but there is absolutely no harm in connecting with journalists on LinkedIn and certainly be on their radar because you want to be their go-to expert or their go-to product feature. Well, definitely
1: LinkedIn. on their radar. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so easy to do and it costs you nothing and it just takes a bit of time and, and effort. And all you have to do is just be nice around them. Yeah. So don't pitch them don't comment on their stuff and turn the conversation back to you. Don't tag yourself in. And um, you're probably like, don't, like, don't be a dick basically, but just be supportive of what they're trying to do, share their stuff, you know, cheerlead on their stories. You don't need to turn the conversation around to you because it's all there in your headline. Mm-hmm. So let them be interested in you and, and message you. But Paul Green, who's now a business partner of mine, actually, he has a wellbeing programme um, called the Cockpit Method. And it's about, he's an ex-pilot who's yeah. pivoted and, and now does wellbeing. Um he did my five-year challenge on the Wednesday he put his headline out there and he got picked up by the BBC that day wow yeah BBC journalist that day and he was he's been on BBC Radio 4 he's been on the BBC he was on CEO Secrets he was he's just been on so much stuff because of that so then when he did an email campaign and then he started ringing people they're like oh yeah I've seen you on LinkedIn I've seen you when he was in the Times obviously and that's all came from LinkedIn
0: Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, so you just right don't so know well. who's watching, do you? It's a brilliant story. Absolutely yeah, love it. Yeah, and
1: you know as much as anyone, journalists looking for stories,
0: right? Yeah. Oh my god, definitely. Yeah. Like back in the day, like when I lived in Warrington, um, you know, I would always refer to you as the queen of LinkedIn and send whenever <laughs> journalists were writing about LinkedIn, I'd always send you to them. <laughs> um, yeah, you. So yeah, it, to- it totally, you want you just want to. It's another platform where you can get known for what it is that you do, can't you? Don't um,
1: mind. But it's so easy as well. All you need to do on LinkedIn is add people every day post every day and engage publicly every day that's it it's really simple okay
0: so I just want to ask as we wrap things up because I know you've got your challenge going on right now you're really busy but I want to talk a little bit about how you learned to raise your own profile so particularly back in the day when you were a social media manager and doing all the stuff that you were doing and then then putting yourself out there as a LinkedIn expert how did you go about um raising your profile
1: Yes yeah, so that was obviously a, quite a big pivot for me so I, my social media business had turned into a digital agency and we were working with different clients then so again my new headline then was helping helping uh, HR directors hire better people faster using Facebook ads and that that business was going okay but I really wanted to do something online I really wanted to come out of the corporate thing of going to meetings and you know, go, go, you know having doing reports and stuff like that I wanted to teach and I knew that the one thing that I that was good I was good at or that worked well for me I should say really was LinkedIn because the way that I used it and it was only when I started talking to people that they were like oh that's not how everyone else does LinkedIn and I was like well I don't know because I never had any training on LinkedIn I've never watched someone else's webinar on LinkedIn I've never read a book about LinkedIn marketing I just did it this way and it's always worked for me so when I started so what I did is i set up um, a 99 pound thing which obviously a lot of people in my world will will know that they have their own 99 pound links i even have a group for 99 pound thing but i'm training so i just said i'll show you how to get leads from linkedin uh, over zoom 99 pounds an hour and i'll record it and i thought i'd sell a few and see how it went but i ended up selling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those i was still having the agency i was working like three to five hours a week making three to five hundred quid a week so making a couple of grand a month on top and i just thought I might as well do this full time. So yeah, I dropped the agency and started doing the group program. So my first ever LinkedIn mastermind was um, eight people paid 300 quid. (laughs) So if you think in 2009, so that was in 2017, 18, maybe 2019, we had 250 people join at 1,500 quid. So it's like it it did it went pretty, pretty quick. But how did I go from nobody knows me, no one cares about me, to selling out things like the Mastermind at, at that kind of scale and making that kind of money? And the number one thing was just sheer consistency of showing mm-hmm. up, being really clear on my message, doing hundreds and hundreds of guest experts and other people's Facebook groups for free. To like empty rooms, like no people would show up or one person would come who's the group owner, Uh, hundreds and hundreds of podcasts of people who I've never, I never do and I still never do. Um, We never ask, you know, what's your audience like, whether it's a Facebook group or a podcast, I just show up anyway and I deliver whether there's five people watching or 5,000 or 50,000 in some cases. Um, So I just was really consistent in the way that I showed up and just give everything away for free like I have done today. Like you don't need to buy my LinkedIn Mastermind to – learn from me enough to go out there and start making some money on LinkedIn you know I give away my my expertise if you like or my experience freely um, and that's what's made us so successful because the stuff works It, it just works it's guaranteed to work if you do the work so from from our point of view in terms of from the business it's just been that consistently consistency of showing up and being willing to do the things other people aren't prepared to do and give away the stuff other people won't give away because they're in that lack mentality mm-hmm. whereas now having you know 20 plus thousand people have gone through the free challenge we've got you know thousands of people in the paid program 30,000 20 30, 000 people in the free group where all the training pretty much is you know all the basics are there so you can go out and it's all designed for 10 years ago me who couldn't afford to buy her own shopping, you know, wasn't able to do anything, hadn't opened post for years, that 10 years ago, me would never have been able to afford one of my programs. But what happens is, and we never overcome a price objection, because we truly believe if someone says, I can't afford it, then we accept that. And and we, we, we give them enough to go and make some money. So eventually, they do come back. And what I'm probably most proud of is that our whole business is built on the fact that for all the people who are ready, willing, and able to invest in the programs. So I've got two programs, they're both 2000 pounds but you pay a thousand up front and a thousand when you make it back. And um, but those people who are ready to invest in that, allow the business, fund the business to keep going back and helping all those people who aren't quite ready and able to invest that kind of money. And what that means is it creates this great community feel, this great ecosystem of paying it forward. Um, and yeah. so when people are able to them they, you know they just they can't wait to join the programs you know we, we have a you know we're quite kind of like oversubscribed we've got a list of people who are always keen to join and, and want to be a part of the community because that's 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 when the magic happens you know the training is great and the training is freely available to everyone and everyone can take my advice and implement it and go and make some money usually pretty quickly but the communities are, you know, that's where the magic happens because people are obviously in that in that space together. So I think for me, it's that getting visible. Definitely one thing, just focusing on one thing at a time. I didn't do anything but LinkedIn mm-hmm. for four years. I didn't deviate. I didn't make things up. I didn't I didn't write a book, didn't start a podcast, didn't do anything apart from make sure my business was profitable, predictable and enjoyable Um, And as part of that, just building that audience by showing up and being consistent, like even when it was hard and and it has been hard at times like on a personal level. But you show up because for me, the mission of helping millions of people go from struggling into success is much more important than my mindset in the moment. So when I've had bad things happen to me or I've had bad days or I've not wanted to show up, I've always felt like showing up because people need to hear what I've got to say. You know, I've never regretted showing up because someone somewhere it's always got
0: something out of it fantastic okay well channel it's just been brilliant speaking to you and like you know i've it's also like you know we've known each other from from quite a while back and yeah. i've seen all of this stuff happen and it's just <laughs> like i love seeing what you've done it's just amazing like it's such a it's like a it's like a linkedin fairy tale
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's that's another key actually so i'd say that to anybody listening is take people on the journey with you yeah you know, if you're just starting out, you've got a new product or service, talk about it. Talk about how you feel about it, about how you feel out your depth or you feel this good thing happened or this bad thing. Celebrate all your successes. So we always say, like, you're either having a hashtag win or hashtag wobble or something in between. So you're going to have wobbles and you're going to have wins. And it's like, share all of that with your journey, with that journey, with your audience. So that people like like Rachel, like people who followed me since I was in digital marketing who were like oh I've just been with you every step of the way and it's great to see but if I hadn't shared all of that stuff you wouldn't have felt on the journey so I think trying to show up like you the finished article is a fallacy I mean do people do buy from people who got the shit together so I don't mean go on Facebook crying all the time and you know having a meltdown <laughs> like but what I mean is share document share the journey of your business and your evolution as a business owner and people will buy into that and buy into your openness and you know, people will want to cheerlead you on rather than trying to be something that you're not and and just you know, people just love to see you fall then, right? So mm-hmm. I've always been really open, honest, transparent about all the good and bad things that happen in the business. And also to me as a person, like that I don't have I have no skeletons in my closet because I talk about them all anyway, <laughs> you know, because I'm a completely imperfect human being that's done good and bad things and has had good and bad things happen to me. And I think if we can come away from that hole, you've got to hide behind your brand or hide behind your product or hide behind your service. I think that's what leads us to feel really out of our depth and overwhelmed and and unsure of what we're doing online. Whereas if we're just ourselves, you'll never hear me say, oh, I'm heart-centered, authentic, care about people. Like you'll see it and you'll feel Mm -hmm. it because that's the way that, that I show up and that's the way I am personally as well. So I think that's the thing is, is, in terms of visibility let people see who you actually are and it's a lot easier
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely with you on the whole putting yourself out there it's scary but it's scary. Got, you know you've we've got to be brave and I think you know my you know particularly the service providers are like you they're helping people overcome a problem they're helping people have a happy time with their dog that's really important
1: really the you know, and I think it's changing the game. It's, it's when you really understand the power of it because it's never about the dog walk, right? It's never about LinkedIn. It's never about the PR. It's about the the change and the impact and the value that you're delivering for people, which has a ripple effect in all the different areas of their lives. That That's the thing. And I think when people come away from that commodity or it's, you know, it's just a, or it's just this, or it's just that and into this is the actual impact that this has. Then I think that That can help people really see the value in the work they do which which translates into proper pricing proper positioning you know better clients having more fun you know value joy profit in your business all the time and i think that's that's the it starts with understanding your own self-worth definitely
0: fantastic okay we've done a full circle on the self-worth thing so thank you it's been amazing chatting to you um where can people where's the best place for people to go if they want to find out more
1: Um, so if you want to learn about linkedin just join the mastermind you can join um you can join anytime so we can get a link for you for that which is fine but you can find me so my favorite place to follow me is on facebook because i put everything on facebook and i mean everything so everything goes on like public so whether it's just like work stuff or it's personal stuff or it's house stuff or it's holiday stuff or it's kids stuff like it all goes on there like nothing is kept to friends and family only and um, i'm a chronic oversharer but i like people to start there because i think it does give the the most well-rounded picture of what we're trying to achieve as a business as well and who i am as a person and of course you can find me on instagram at helen pritchard online you can find me on clubhouse at helen pritchard i'm loving clubhouse at the moment um and obviously you can find me on linkedin if you search helen pritchard warrington you'll find
0: me brilliant okay i will put all those links in the show notes so um people can go and find Helen. So thank okay. you so much for coming on. It's lovely to see thanks. you and lovely to see all of the amazing things that you're doing and helping people. Um, it's just, it's just as I said, a LinkedIn fairy tale. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Rachel. Um, thanks I will Karen. hopefully see you in a bar in <laughs> Lim soon.
1: Yes, hopefully, yes. On Monday, we're ungrounded. Yes. All right, lots of love. Thank Good you. Love. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to
0: promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk